Okay, don't freak out. My name is Miles Morales, and I'm Spider-Man. Greetings, true believers. My name is Jack. I am one of your hosts, and thank you very much for downloading episode 29 of The Ultimate Spin, the one and only Spider-Man podcast specifically for fans of Miles Morales and Spider-Gwen Stacy. This is Brian. It's April 2016, and coming up in this episode, we'll catch up with a very weird day in the life of Miles Morales as he battles his grandmother in Spider-Man issue number three. My name's Kyle, and I'm making my return, and you can always... Listen to all our earlier episodes on ultimatespinpodcast.com where you can subscribe, find show notes, catch up with older episodes, connect with us on Twitter and Facebook. The show is for the fans, by fans, meaning we'd love to hear from you and see what you think about the characters and the books we cover. Drop us a line and join the conversation. Yes, welcome back, Kyle. It's like it's been a while. Yeah, welcome back. Been a long time. Do we get to play that? Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> What the Eminem <laughs> intro thing? What? No, you don't get you don't get an Eminem style intro. Who do you think you are? <laughs> uh, I don't know. We didn't miss you that. It's much. a new digger. It is exactly. Yeah, yeah. We've been coping we just fine. Thank you very much. <laughs> <sighs> you know what? No appreciation. You, you glad you're back? Well, not to this reception. I was expecting <laughs> more uh, more grandiose reception, but you know, gotta do what I gotta do. I suppose. It's a- I missed you, dude. <laughs> well, you chose a good time to come back because we've been talking about Spider-Man number three. And in my opinion, it was a really interesting kind of unique issue for Miles. So if you're just joining us on our show, what we what we like to do is do a quick recap of the book before we actually get into the details, and we try to keep it to 30 seconds. So far, we've had a pretty good track record. For well, you, you've had a pretty good track record, bro. <laughs> Me and Kyle, not so much. <laughs> We're getting there, but um, so Jack, you're going to take it? Absolutely. All I'm right. Give it a shot. Clock is up, and three, two, one, go. Due to his superheroing getting in the way of his studies, Miles has to face up to Gloria, his terrifying maternal grandmother. Gloria manages to annoy all three members of the Morales household. She practically chases two girls out of the house, including a mini Miss Marvel. Clearly, Black Cat is being set up as the next big bad in this story, and it sounds like she's going to gather some other villains to help her take on Miles. And finally, the new mutant known as Gold Balls joins Miles and Yankee in class at school. Nicely done. 27 seconds. There you go. Perfect. Ace. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kyle, since you're making your triumphant return, let's move on to what we liked and what we didn't like. How did you feel about Spider-Man number three? Um, I enjoyed it very much. So, it never, even though there's not a lot, of, there's well, there's not a lot. There's no real Spider-Man action. The issue never suffers from that. I don't. I never really felt like, oh goddamn! What? There's no fighting. He's not punching anything. This isn't a real Spider-Man issue. Rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> but just getting a bit more of Miles's cast. Obviously, we got the introduction of um, Miles's grandmother. Which did they say her name? Gloria. Or it was just oh Gloria. Jeez, I forgot already. God. My I said it in my recap, Kyle. Can I mean, names. <laughs> This is his first day back in the office. Just give him... Give no, him. no. <laughs> He's... We have to get uh, meet in Gloria, seeing that 
she's really going to take no nonsense, and it's going to get kind of irrational as well. The assumption is that Mouse is doing <laughs> drugs and things like that. It was kind of funny. Yeah, I, I think we kind of hyped up Gloria a lot last time we spoke about this book. We we're like, oh, Google, she's going to change how Miles is dealing with the like family life and all that sort of stuff. We underestimated her, I think, if anything. <laughs> she is absolutely terrifying. She was. And as you said, like we were all pretty hyped for it. And then I was surprised because reading this, like she was making me laugh. I mean, just because... Mm. I'm sure we could all relate in some way to, to that kind of personality in our <laughs> lives. But yeah, it, it was just, she went from like being tough in, in a likable way to just flat out unreasonable. And then like a little out of line, like I was surprised to see that there's some tension with her and Jefferson. And you know, she confirmed for the reader that Uncle Aaron, yes, is dead. He's still dead in the continuity. But then she kind of lets it slip that she doesn't really think of much of him either. Yeah, she, she described Jefferson as like a hot mess yeah. or whatever like that, doesn't she? So even Jefferson, who is, for all intents and purposes, comes off as a really nice guy so far in this series, as just instantly not on Gloria's good side, seemingly ever since um, they got together, pretty much. <laughs> He's never liked, she's never liked him, sorry, seems to be the case. And that throws Miles in an interesting position because during his little monologue, you know, in the scene after where he goes to his room, he's clearly disappointed in his dad. And that's that's a good setup for some interesting drama, potentially. Mm. When was the last time we had some really good like family dynamics to, to kind of sink our teeth into? I like this kind of stuff. Like Kyle, you were saying, it's a it's not really an issue about people getting punched and stuff, but it's really good character development yeah absolutely um we got that very much so as we mentioned about spider gwen in the uh, scene with captain stacy and gwen sat down and kind of having that interaction and those are the highlights for me but particularly the two books we cover on this show are the reason they stand out to me and are so good in the kind of landscape of superhero comics is because they have those moments and they do interesting and different things like that and this felt like that kind of moment to me where you get to see proper development and the other side of miles's life and it's nice to see spider-man having some problems again and, and feeling feeling <laughs> like a real person you know like it's it was such a silly thing like you've lost your phone privileges and that's actually a problem for him because then his thought is like how am i supposed to get in touch with the avengers and not to mention talk to genki like he's going to be worried that <laughs> he's not hearing from me he also mentioned not being able to contact ms marvel which I absolutely love that she showed up in this series pretty much since all new, all different Marvel was announced. I've been waiting for Kamala Khan and Miles Morales to have some sort of interaction or friendship. And I mean, they, they, they do in the other Avengers book. Sure. But this is like, this is what I wanted. Like this is the moment I've been waiting for an all new, all different Marvel pretty much. Why, why specifically Miss Marvel? And what about her that you think she would, click with miles in that way they've been my two favorite marvel characters since they've been introduced and i feel like they are the two kind of spearheads of the new generation of marvel characters because we, we've had a as if, if our listeners do read other marvel books they're probably aware that there's been a big shake-up we've got sam wilson as captain america we've got um jane foster as thor um amadeus cho as hulk they're like the, the avengers is a completely fundamentally different thing at the moment but i think People like Kamala Khan and Miles Morales resonate with readers and creators as well in a different way than a lot of the other characters do. I think these are going to be real mainstay Marvel characters for years and years to come. And uh, Kamala and the, the Miss Marvel title has been my standout book pretty much for the last couple of years. And between that 
Spider Gwen and Miles is like my top three Marvel books for the pretty much ever since they've been going. I was worried when I saw the cover because I think it's a fantastic cover, which is something we don't often talk about in kind of comics is the fact that they will have a cover that doesn't actually show you what's going on in the book at all. Like they'll just show a random fight scene or a random group shot that has nothing to do with the actual story. And sure, this scene doesn't actually happen in the comic, but the fact that Kamala did actually show up in this book really kind of, uh, 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 it was a moment I've been waiting for, basically. So it got me super excited. We talked about it with the previous run of the Miles Morales series where David Marquez did a lot of that, where his covers were very thematic. So like, as you said, not really getting too specific in terms of the plot, mm. but conveying an idea. And this cover, it's very playful and fun and there's a nice friendship there and perhaps something a bit more, which is, uh, I know there's definitely a segment of fandom that would like to see that as well. But we should talk about that, that scene because it really is the heart of the issue and it follows Lana bombshell showing up, which is basically a cameo, but kind of confirming that, yes, she's still alive and well in this uh, universe, but Gloria shows her the door. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> while that's all happening, um, Miss Marvel takes that opportunity to, to sneak in and check in on Miles. And this scene is is all kinds of great. Kyle, what'd you make of it? Since we discussed it a few episodes back um, about how we read in the comics, I've kind of committed to reading at least the first way through in guided view. And just seeing her opening, she's unzipping the hood and you see her up there. I thought that was a beautiful scene just by Sarah Pacello. They both have family issues. It's for slightly different reasons, but both sets of parents really um, think education should be a priority. And they're just having to counter it in their own ways because being a superhero is also something that they really want to do. And that's, I guess, could anyone blame them? It's interesting that that's something those two characters have in common. Not only are they the new generation, the younger characters in the Marvel Universe, they also um, are these, I want to be a hero. I will, now I have these powers, I want to do something good. They have the kind of examples set by the older generation and then they then instead of this like reluctant hero thing that we see quite a lot has now become kind of a trope in in comics and in superhero stories in general we now get i have these powers i'm going to do amazing things with them i believe that what i do is right and what i should do is good and all that sort of stuff and i i love that kind of dynamic between the two of them and they seem to be kind of in a similar sort of space in the avengers and in the marvel universe in general and i i love seeing those guys kind of bounce off each other. And there's even, it, it's hinted at in the dialogue, like they, they're both dealing with tough parental figures. And for Miles, he's, he's just, <laughs> I had this blowout with his grandma, but they also seem to get that it's coming from a good place, which I think is important. Mm. You know, they don't, yes, they can, they get that they're being unreasonable, but they know it's because those people have their best interests in heart. So there's no, I don't really get a sense of resentment from that from them, which is huge, I think. I think that's an important and possibly kind of tricky thing to convey, but it definitely comes across in their conversation. But obviously on the flip side, you got Jefferson. He clearly resents um, Gloria. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that, of course. But for the kids, they, they seem to get it. And then I think, part of me too, I think that, that was what I was wondering if that was Miles's frustration with his dad, because it's like, you're supposed to be better than that. Like you should mm. stand up for yourself because that's basically what he's taken from it. I mean, he remembers the events from the Jefferson flashback. So that clearly happens 
or that that's still canon or can whatever you want to call it for miles so that that story did still happen and has impacted how he looks at his dad it also is probably annoying him more that Jefferson knows Miles is Spider-Man. He knows that for other things than school, he needs his phone. He, well, Glory will be restricting his access to being Spider-Man, so that's probably another thing that's bugging him. But you know I need to do all this stuff. I need you in my corner more than what you're doing. So just letting her run, pretty much walk all over both of us. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. That's a really good idea, Carl, yeah. We should talk about the art, uh, particularly in the scene with uh, Miles and, and Miss Marvel. It's so much fun. I, I love how Pekeli has rendered her shape-shifting powers and uh, the different kind of things she's doing, you know, stretching her neck and then shrinking. And it's just very kind of matter-of-fact and, and quick. I love the panel of her where she's by their feet with her long legs kind of hopping out of the way. <laughs> and then... Um, that silent panel where she pops up to make fun of, you know, Miles getting a hug with a little heart. That made me laugh out loud, that panel. That was so good. Yeah, and and really in this issue, Kelly did get a couple of panels like that where there's no dialogue. And so she's she gets to drive the moment. There's the death stare that uh, Gloria and Jefferson exchange when she makes the comment about Aaron, the little yeah. line between them. Even that portrait of Kamala, when it's revealed that it's her walking up, you know, where she's got the hood up. It's a beautiful picture. And then um, when she leaves, I love those last two panels, that silent panel of Miles just kind of looking out as she's walking away. And there's clearly some affection and perhaps the beginnings of more. It's such a perfect, perfectly rendered expression. Like there's so much emotion that like dreamy sigh, possibly slightly swooning even. Uh, and then that silhouette of her walking away is beautiful. I wish that panel was bigger, really, because it's the way yeah. it's, the way it's lit, with the shadows and everything. Uh, it's very dreamy looking, and I really like that. And I think uh, I should also mention um, Justin Ponser in this scene was great because the room is dark. Miles has got the door closed and the lights off, but there's still a lot of warmth that comes through, not just in the dialogue and the characters, but then he's supporting that with the way the light is falling into the scene and which character is talking. It was a fantastic sequence, and I, I really enjoyed this as a highlight of the issue and certainly the series so far. Speaking of lighting and art and stuff like that, the scene, the opening scenes, you mentioned silent panels as well, Brian, for Black Cat's kind of debut, I guess, if you don't include the little teaser from the last issue. Um, really kind of noir kind of feel to it, clearly setting her up as... Um, the big deal in the underworld and even if you're not aware of kind of where she is which I'm not particularly like like we discussed before you instantly know that she is kind of part of the mob world and the criminal underworld and that sort of stuff and there's a similar sort of silhouetted shot on that first page when she arrives and uh, yeah what what a great looking great looking scene just in general Um, what do you guys think of Black Cat showing up in this book I have to give it to the art team for really selling her because I never really bought into her as a credible prime boss or whatever you want to call it. I followed the character pretty much through the superior Spider-Man age. And then when that series ended, I I wasn't really taken with where the series was going next. And I kind of lost track of where the black cat fit into things. So reintroducing her here, she's completely intimidating. And I think a lot of that comes down to her costume. 
and her expressions. And I liked her new kind of street look. Her costume has always been focusing on her more obvious attributes. And this one, this with the trench coat and the hood, it was like a cleaner, more menacing look. And she, she was intimidating. And the, again, the expressions, like the close-ups of her face, her just kind of cold stare. And then when she smiled, it was like dangerous. Like, uh-oh, she, you don't really want to see her smiling because then bad things are going to happen. That's the first time I bought into her in that role. And I, I think it was just really down to how she was presented visually. I am 100% there with you, Brian. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about the art team and those little smirks and the little grimaces that she does is absolutely the selling point because I have never really been sold on her as a villain, let alone a crime boss. So, uh, yeah, I think it's those little close-up shots of the smile just before she <laughs> gets into a fight and uh, the little smirk, like really intimidating smirk right at the end there is uh, kind of the highlights for me there. Kyle, what do you think of Felicia showing up in this issue? I think I mentioned it last time as well, about if you try to take her as a crime boss based off only reading Superior and then Amazing, then it's like, no, just stop it. If you go in it from um, Silk Book, then it's a lot more believable, and I think this one takes it a bit more. I think the framework was put in Silk for me to start buying it, but this introduction makes her seem a lot more serious than the Silk Books do. Um, straight to business, she's going, she doesn't like that there's another spider, so she wants it dead, simple as. <laughs> Taking out a guy <laughs> with one um, swing of the arm, nobody else wants to mess with her at that point. And yeah, it's pretty much, that'll be the framework for when she appears, when Miles eventually meets her, hopefully be a bigger presence, maybe you'll feel more intimidated by hearing things that she's done or things like that, but at least as a reader, we'll know that she's not just playing around Hammerhead was a pretty random choice, don't you think? <laughs> I don't think I've read, I've, no, like, in the time that I've been um, reading comics, seen Hammerhead. And so in that whole time, it's from what, that's Amazing Spider-Man um, 630 or something like that, and he's not appeared after that. I thought, like, oh, Hammerhead, he's alive, okay. <laughs> right. It, no, I, I just thought he must have been dead, he's not seen him for so long. I mean, he is kind of the stereotypical New York crime. Like, whenever he's portrayed with a voice, he's always like the quick-talking, kind of typical Bronx kind of sounding guy. But, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a weird choice. Um, kind of goes alongside the fact that we saw Tombstone show up in Spider-Gwen not too long ago as well. <laughs> Where are these characters coming from? For me, like, Hammerhead, I just think about superior foes of Spider-Man, so I have a completely different <laughs> perception when I see that character. It's funny you should mention, Carl, that um, that line of dialogue, she said, there's another spider, and they kind of have that little back and forth of, like, I remember when there was just one spider person to be worrying about. Why does there have to be so many now? And as much as we talk about these books being quite meta, I took that fairly meta there where we now have Radioactive Spider-Gwen, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Spidey, 2099, Silk, 2099, probably more that I can't even think of, Spider-Women, which is the crossover coming up. All these crazy amounts of spider characters. It's, it's, it's the Batman, Bat family of the Marvel Universe, where there's too, almost too many books to be reading at one time from one set of characters. And I thought that was a funny little kind of meta comment from Tombstone and, and Black Cat. Tombstone, see, I'm doing it now. Yeah. Uh, Hammerhead. <laughs> from Hammerhead and Black Cat, that um, there's too many spider people, we need to start taking them out. 
Their conversation, though, is is great. And I think the panel design is really interesting for that two-page spread. Yeah. There's a real cool sense of pacing. Like I, this whole issue, actually, just the way there are moments to breathe with these wordless panels and just close-ups of expressions. This is a book I definitely feel like it's worth taking your time with. And it's it's very rewarding. And it, it just unfolds at this really captivating pace uh, compared to some of the... I mean, I, I enjoy the fast kind of whirlwind roller coaster books as well but this this one he's just they're maintaining that that bar that they've set all the way back uh, in the original ultimate series it's great to have that back for a for a spider book yeah we we talk about pacing quite a lot um in these two series and the fact that this was a kind of miles out of the costume i was kind of worried that it was going to be super slow paced and nothing much is going to happen but I totally agree with you, Brian, that they absolutely nailed it. Um, the kind of, uh, it, it gets a bit too hectic at times when you're fighting like 10 villains at once and things like that. But this was a really, really well paced, well done issue. Um, and we did get some listener feedback about that as well. We got a tweet from Chris is animating, which is a, a fantastic, uh, <laughs> Twitter name, um, at C Tanagich. Absolutely loved the Miles at Home vibe this issue. It reminded me that Miles' appeal is more than just his powers and his suit. And I couldn't agree more, Chris, pretty much. <laughs> I've not read too many reviews and I've not read a, like, a lot of comments, but I'm sure there are people that are still feeling anxious about the complaints that there was in the last issue about the whole um, YouTube girl thing. And I think it was the right thing not to jump straight straight back into that and give some sort of another response for it. Because it feels like it's more jumping a shark, and then that that will eventually be resolved, probably about like two or three issues down the line, and then people can complain about how oh this is wrong, um you don't know what you're talking about about Bendis, blah blah blah. blah. We can cross that bridge when we come to it, and I'm sure we'll have something to say then. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent point, and that's this series has always taken that kind of approach in terms of setting a stage and taking its time and getting all the pieces into position, and then tying those threads together. So, yeah, I, I agree. I, I wasn't expecting to see it come back for a while. And that and life is kind of like that, too. Like, you just kind of get on with it because there's a lot of stuff going on. And I think that only adds to the flavor of this being a very believable and definitely relatable book. So going forward in this series and going back to a bit more sort of superheroic stuff, it sounds like Felicia mentions that she wants to get everyone. This new Spider-Man, he needs to be stopped. So I'm wondering if we're going to see a new sort of group of villains and return of some some classic Spider-Man villains as well. Are there any villains you guys are looking forward to seeing? Or do you want to stick more with kind of Miles at Home kind of stories, a bit of balance between the two? What are you guys hoping for this kind of upcoming arc with the Black Cat as kind of seemingly the, the big bad coming up? I was just trying to think of what sort of villain would be the right level. To the point where they'd be like, oh, yeah, of course, that person, they back Felicia. But I still feel like there can always be a happy medium in between. I don't, and there has been the criticisms um, of the last volume, maybe that it was relying too much on previous Peter villains, or that he wasn't fighting the big, 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 powerful ones in the, as well as the first volume, apart from maybe Venom. For whatever reason, I don't know why. I kind of like Shocker and Electro. I don't know why. Maybe it's 
I'm too much of a 90s baby and I love the cartoon and it just holds way too much to me. I don't understand why people like Shocker. But so many people like Shocker. I, I know a guy who's, whose favourite Marvel villain is Shocker. I'm like, what yes, are you Colin. doing with your life? <laughs> well, again, for me, it's, it's Superior Foes because Shocker is amazing at Superior Foes. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, Herman. See, I haven't, I haven't read Superior Foes yet. And, and what? The guy I'm talking about is a, uh, Georgie on Twitter, uh, who's, a, who's a friend of my other podcast and has been on there a couple of times. And he is obsessed with getting me to read Superior Foes <laughs> of Spider-Man. And I haven't got around to it yet, but he is like, what are you doing? Why haven't you read it yet? And he always goes on because we argued about Shocker because I was like, Shocker is so lame. And he was like, no, Superior Foes is the best. Shocker is amazing. I agree with Georgie. You have to, you won't regret it. it, it you it's it's regret next it. on my to read list, which I keep saying, but I haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> that list just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Much, yeah. I've just added the entirety of Lock and Key to it like last month. So I, I've always leaned to, to creating some new villains for miles and i still think there's room for that even though he's part of the main universe now but i'm invested in this i wasn't i was kind of indifferent when black cat was teased in the last issue but seeing her in action here uh even though i don't fully get or buy into her motivation oh there's just kind of one spider-man too many i'm gonna start getting rid of him i don't really follow that but she's so dangerous here already i am very interested to see where that goes this is the kind of stuff I've been missing in terms of the Spider-Man at home type of stuff, the everyday problems and family dynamics and just stuff at school. And I like seeing that. So, yeah, I I think this issue struck a pretty good balance for me, or, or I should say these these last three, the pacing of it and just kind of the switching between styles and focus. That's so far a, a good balance for me. So I'm, I'm hoping, and the cover certainly suggests that there will be more action next month and then we can kind of catch our breath again and... We'll see where it goes. Speaking of the at, at school everyday stuff, I didn't see that coming. Gold ball. <laughs> I for all the characters to be showing up. I was like, it's wait, the guy the guy from AVX, really? And they were like, Yep, that's the guy. <laughs> it's an absolute like Ben this up. I created him. Sure, why not? Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> what what earth kind of effect will gold balls have on Miles Morales. How, what, when, why? <laughs> I think the answer is in that, in those last panels, because he's certainly having an effect on Genki. That was such a laugh out loud reaction. Just he's starstruck, just like, yee, it's him. Apart <laughs> like, from Spider Man. Yeah, uh, uh, Spider Man too. <clears throat> and that, I think that's good because we've talked to, like, Miles needs more friends than than just Genki and Judge had a little cameo there he was in the classroom even though he didn't see his face but he did answer a question but they've been inseparable they've been best friends and now I'm interested to see having this new character the friendship circle is going to expand and then you know Fabio being out I haven't been following it so are mute so mutants are okay now because we remember when Kitty Pride joined school back in uh, Ultimate Spider-Man but now things are different so he's He's out and he's proud and the class and the school and the community, everyone's okay with a mutant being part of the group. I don't know. Can, I am can not, you guys I'm not up to date on X books. Yeah. I'm, I'll be honest. I'm not, I'm not an, an expert. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot going on with in because I, I, more meta commentary that just, just sprung to mind as we're talking about gold balls here. Um, but if you notice, I refuse to call him Fabio, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because that is the best. Superhero name ever. Uh, <laughs> um, when they uh, the the teacher's talking about 
um, the difference between an inhuman and a mutant and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, Marvel, you you sneaky, sneaky people. How dare you? Because there's the big rumors that they're cutting out mutants to replace them with inhumans. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I thought it was an interesting bit of meta commentary there as well. But I'm not up to date on Xbox, so I'm not sure. Kyle, any any help or are we No, all <laughs> I just kept thinking was um Golden Ball I found his weakness and that was just every time. It's such a stupid stupid power he has anyway. But no. <laughs> I don't have a clue what's going on with X Men. Should we give our three word summary like we do every time we record this show? So again, if you're joining us in this episode, we've moved away from the scoring system. We just try to sum up the, our reaction to the book in three words. Brian, do you want to lead us off? Me? Um, sure. Adios mio. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Um, well played. I'm going next. So then he's on drugs. <laughs> I'm going to go for. <laughs> and mine is. Kamala and Miles, and then draw a little heart around them. Ah. <laughs> I admit it, I, I awed out loud when I saw that scene. So. <laughs> I think there's a, a whole bunch of people suddenly shipping those two. I mean, they have been for a while, but this is taking it to a whole nother level. So before we get ready to wrap up, I should remind you guys that we have a contest going on and you have until April 15th to get in on it. We're giving away a variant cover edition of Spider-Gwen issue number six with a cool Mary Jane's themed cover by Emanuela Lupacino, which I'm hopefully pronouncing correctly. You can see that on our Twitter feed and our Facebook page. And Jack, what do they have to do to win that book? They have to come up with the best spider themed band names and post it to the contest page on our facebook of course you can email it to us as well if you want to um there are a few different ways to get in contact with us but the main place to go is our facebook page and the contest is all listed out there you can see the cover itself on there which is really really cool and we've had some really funny suggestions already um i kind of suggested this as a joke for a contest but it's actually turning out pretty well so (laughs) i'm really looking forward to uh having a sift through all of the entries and uh, picking out a winner uh, later on in the month. And I got one or two on Twitter and those count as well. So yeah, as Jack mentioned, anyway, you want to reach out to us, it's all good. Um, and we'll make our drawing on April 15th and we'll announce the winner in our next episode, which is coming up soon actually, because we've got some plans, many plans for a second. I actually forgot what it was. <laughs> no, we are talking about the spider women crossover event. So spider Gwen is teaming up with spider woman and with silk. And so there's an eight part series crossing over those books. The first issue spider women alpha came out this week as well. We're going to cover that next week along with part two, which is the Gwen book. And we might have our own team up as well. Like the NWO would be great. <laughs> Not everything is wrestling, Kyle. I mean, it should be. But we'd like to hear from you in the meantime, you know, what you thought of Spider-Man issue three, what you thought of Spider-Women Alpha, recent stuff going on with Gwen. Let us know. Join the conversation. It doesn't just have to be us yammering away at you. So you can connect with us on Twitter at The Ultimate Spin. And our Facebook page is Ultimate Spin Podcast. And of course, ultimatespinpodcast.com. You can drop us a line that way. uh, Catch up with our older episodes as well. There's a Bobby Rodriguez interview. Go listen to that. I'm not on it, but, you know, you should still listen to it. 
Yeah, we got to chat with Robbie last week, catch up with his big news about his surprise retirement announcement and see what's uh, in store for Gwen coming up and for Robbie as well. So it was a good conversation. Yeah, please, uh, you can head over to ultimatespinpodcast.com. You can check it out there. Exclusive interview, interview, interview. I, I was wrong with me. We're, we're still working on that, actually, ourselves. <laughs> and as ever, we always appreciate iTunes reviews. So if you want to get a free digital Marvel Code comic, just send us an email or, again, contact us through the website with your review and you get a code. It's just that simple. And before we sign off, where can we find you guys on the web? Ah, the web. I see what you did there, Brian. Hey, now. Well done. Well done, sir. Well done. You can find me on the web. Um, I'm at JLW Chambers on Twitter. Um, I also host another comic book podcast. Uh, we're at Intercomics Pod on Twitter as well. Um, and yeah, basically, uh, we do a two, it's now twice monthly, our show. Um, and it's all about all kinds of different stuff, comics and comic book movies and all that sort of stuff. And we do talk about Gwen and Miles as well, if you are a diehard fan. And you can, of course, find me on Twitter at JustKyleMC for all your nonsense that you may want to see across the internet. As he, as I still maintain refusal to see Batman vs. Superman. But, you can also find me at my website, nerdsunchained.com, at Nerds Unchained. You know all the stuff. I'm sure you've listened to the episode. I've said it a thousand times, but yeah. <laughs> nice clothesline maneuver <laughs> for DC right there. Nice. Yeah. Some, I'm sure someone will listen to it just because I meant someone might will prick their ears and they you said something about Batman for Superman and they'll listen and we'll have got him to however long this episode actually is. <laughs> and that's an extra download. Well, next week, if we're going to be cheeky and unplug Batman v Superman stuff, I will be talking about Batman v Superman on my podcast. So uh, if you really want to hear three very angry people and one person who <laughs> seem to like it, then uh, tune into the Intercomics podcast next week. We'll be talking. It's our topic of the week. So it's going to be a big, long discussion about mostly what we disliked, I think. <laughs> And as for me, you can find my written reviews for Spider-Gwen and Spider-Man, including this issue that we just discussed, over at superiorspidertalk.com. I also want to give a shout-out to Kevin Hartnell, who provided the theme music for our Miles episodes. Cool. All right. That's this week, I think. So, too. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week on The Ultimate Smith.